had two people, one sent a text to me this morning and another um, came to me and shared something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there before the, uh, the preaching of the word. Um, and that is, first of all, the text was that the, that the Lord wanted to crush anxiety and depression in, our, in people in our fellowship today. He wants to crush anxiety and depression. Is that right, Fields? I know he could expound on it, but I'm not there giving him that mic right now. <laughs> Go see Fields after the service if you need more description to that. The second thing is, and Hannah, this ties in. You're going out to leave with children's church, right? You got, no, you got, got somebody helping you? You're by yourself? Okay. Well, <clears throat> just that word about the, the laying down our sword and him being our defender. Um, I, I just was thinking, uh, and, and Donald came to me, one of our elders came to me, and he said, Hebrews 12, where it says, lay aside all of the sin and the things that get entangled, uh, you know, pressing on, reaching out, going for Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. The, the word he had was uh, that we are to forgive like Jesus forgave. So you, you go ahead and head on out. That's, that's all right. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, we're to forgive the way that Jesus forgave. He forgave us before we asked for forgiveness and gave that to us as a gift if we will receive it. And so often when we get in an argument or a fight or or you know, have tensions with relationships, what we end up doing is we justify our actions because we're misunderstood. So if we, if we are feeling misunderstood, rather than trying to find out what the offense is, we actually try to justify what we have done. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so instead of picking up the sword and trying to justify... If we could lay it down and do what Jesus did, and that's just simply say, speak forgiveness, I forgive. Then we can respond to other people without reacting. Y'all, I really think this is a key to crushing anxiety and depression. Because the weight of what we're holding is so heavy. The weight doesn't change. And if we hold it for a long time, it will break our arm. There are things that we're holding on to that the weight doesn't change that we need to set down. We need to let go of. There are things we're needing to let go of. Forgiveness does that. So today, as, as you ponder and as you listen to the word, release forgiveness. That's a part of that that word that Hannah had, I believe, in reconciliation, in families, in relationships. Some people that haven't talked to folks in a long time. Today could be the breakthrough that you're needed in those, needing in those relationships. Rather than jumping in with your sword, lay that sword down and speak forgiveness. Right? So that's summarizing several. That didn't come from me. That, that came from all... Y'all just kind of funneled that through me, and I'm not giving anybody the mic except for Bill Buckley in just a few minutes, okay? If you're here today for the first time, we want to welcome you. 
um, the, the, the welcome table out there. If you'll fill out one of those cards, we'll give you a free gift there. And uh, we also want to keep up with you and, and, and follow up. I'm aware that so many people are here today. Uh, we got folks scattered all over the place in ministry, but some of you are here today. Maybe you've been here several times. And folks just kind of think, well, you're a part of the, the family now. We, we say sometimes you can be a visitor for about one minute. After that, you're going to you know, put a broom in your hand or something. So uh, the idea is that we want to be family quickly. But oftentimes, when we come together like this, it's easy to hide and just remove ourselves. Y'all, don't walk out of here quickly. And if you see somebody just hovering a bit and nobody's around, go over to them and introduce yourself. All right? Do that. But if you're a first-time visitor, we want you to fill out, or if you've never filled out one of those cards, make sure you do that and get that free gift. So, Bill and Mary Buckley are here today. Yeah. So, you know, Bill gets all kind of introductions, this big famous receiver from Starkville High School and Mississippi State, and then professional teams and coaching and, and speaking all over the place. Bill is, uh, is now, Bill and Mary are serving in leadership for the state of Mississippi Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and they're doing a, an amazing job in leading Fellowship of Christian Athletes across Mississippi in the high schools and junior highs and into universities and, and uh, with all of those athletes and those that they influence. Thank you for serving in that way. You, you've got a strategic role in leadership in FCA. You're a leader. You're like way up there. I want to say to you all, when you come back here, though, you come back as, as a kid. You come back as a son and a daughter. Uh, not trying to dishonor the position, but we just love you like a brother and a sister. And it's good to have you back in the house. We welcome you. We welcome you again. And if you didn't know this, Bill and Mary were part of our elder team for years. And we walked uh, daily with each other and uh, just so... We, we didn't release them from their eldership. We created a new term. They are sat satellite elders of New Horizons. And uh, so out of this, there you go. Well, I don't know where you're spinning around these days, but I, I have a feeling that it's pretty cosmic because God is using his people to do things across the, the world, throughout the universe. So we welcome you. We love you. It's a joy to have you in the house again. Y'all welcome Bill Buckley and Mary. Come on, Bill. Hey. Well, it is, uh, it's pretty amazing that Johnny introduced me like that because I've had the hardest time figuring out what I was supposed to say here. And that's not normal for me. I go all over the place and speak to all different kinds of crowds, and it's not a problem. I mean, I got it. But coming back here, I was like, I'm, I was struggling. And you know what I discovered that it was? It's like when you go back home, and you sit with your mom and daddy, and your three brothers around the table, and it's like they all know me. They know the good, bad, and the ugly. They know everything. I can't impress them beyond what they already know. And so it's like, okay, well... I don't have an outline. 
And so you're just going to have to get over that. I don't know what you're expecting, uh, but I'm just going to share. Uh, I, I want to just do some things, and I'm hoping that this can kind of be interactive like at a family dinner table. Can we do that? All right. Well, the first thing I want to do is I, fe- I really felt like the Lord was, uh, hey, Brian. I really, I really uh, gosh, I keep seeing people that I hadn't seen in so long. It's, this is hard, man. Um, I really felt like the Lord said that there were some people here that are really struggling uh, financially and, and that the Lord really wants uh, to meet you in that. And uh, could I, could, would you be so brave as to, as to raise your hand if that's you, if you're just struggling financially? There's no shame in it. There's no shame in that. Anybody else? Okay. All right. There's probably about 10 of us in here that were honest about that. You can put your hands down. All right. Here's what, I, here's what I want us to do. There's somebody else in here that you have seen God's increase. And you had, you're on the other side of that. And you were where they were. And you prayed. You sought the Lord. And he met you in a powerful way. And you have the faith to pray for these people. Who would that be? Pete, Tom, y'all, I want you to pray. Y'all will, right there, I want y'all to pray a prayer. Don't make it too long, but pray. Pray for them. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all the blessings that you've uh, provided in my life, Lord. And and, um, I just ask you to show these people that are struggling, Lord, how they can trust in you and, and... just um, know that you will provide. And it's happened in so many people's lives, Lord. And, and uh, the, more, the more we trust and the more we follow, the more you provide. Help us to lay down that sword in all aspects of our lives, including our finances, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, um, your word tells us to give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and flowing and and just boiling over will men pour into your bosom. And Lord, if you have, I pray that these that are struggling financially will give of themselves. It doesn't mean just money. It means everything. Give all of yourself to Jesus. And I guarantee you, Lord, thank you that you will give back. Thank you, Lord, because you have shown me that you give back. Show them that you will give back as well, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given to me, and I thank you that you are going to give to them. Father, thank you, God, that to the faithful you show yourself faithful. And, God, that you tell us through Peter, God, that you have given us all that pertains to life and godliness. And as your people are seeking to be made more into your image, God, that you are providing for them all that pertains to life, God, that you provide all of their needs to be able to live in a way that brings honor to you, that brings your kingdom into light in the earth. And so, God, I thank you that you 
are the provider and you will provide all that is needed in the lives of my brothers and sisters here today, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we, we all agree. And we just thank you for your word that says you will meet all of our needs according to what you have, not according to what we have. And we trust you for increase in every one of the, those, those people that raise their hands, increase in their finances, in their understanding of who you are, in their influence, and in every way according to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> Mary and I were in a church uh, about 10 days ago. It's called uh, Point the Point. Uh, in uh, Brandon, Mississippi, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that church or not, but uh, wow, we walked up in there, and uh, man, you know, have you seen uh, bikers lately? You know what bikers look like? You know what a biker, you know, bikers, I, and if, you have, if you're a biker, praise the Lord, I'm glad you're here. Please don't hurt me. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but there were some biker dudes there. And there were a lot of people that were tatted up, man. I mean, tatted up. Uh, and uh, there were some green-haired people and blue-haired people. And it was just a really, really radical mix of, of folks. And so we walked in, you know, we were like, we weren't sure what to expect. We didn't know anybody from there at all. And uh, so uh, as soon as the worship starts, y'all, it was so powerful and so beautiful. I have never seen such unhindered worship. Everybody in the place was just totally into it. And before the second song was over, uh, a huge number of people were up at the altar on their faces uh, crying out to God. And just the hunger that was in them. You know, and we were, I was just stunned. I mean, you know, there was a guy right in front of us and he was just worshiping, and every time he'd raise his arms way up, he had a short T-shirt on, and his, his butt crack would show. And it was like we were, you know, I was, like, I was trying to stay focused on the Lord. And, but you know what? He was just out, was praising the Lord, you know? And, uh, and so, I was so I was so encouraged by that, and, and I thought, okay, why are they like this? Why are they like this? And you know what I, I believe is? They were in clear communication and understanding of the desperateness in their lives. They were desperate. They knew it. And they weren't trying to hide it. And you know what I believe? I believe that the great, one of the greatest challenges, one of the greatest questions that you can ask yourself is, what did you do? with your own desperation. Because that's what, you know what religion is? When we hide our desperation behind doctrines or personas or titles or whatever else. And so I think one of the most important questions you need to ask yourself to be free is, how do I seek comfort in my life? Think about it for a minute. How do you seek comfort in your life? And if our comfort, the, the measure of comfort, now, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is not a religious 
statement, you know, I see comfort in a ribeye steak. Amen? That's not, it's okay to have a ribeye steak. It's okay to enjoy the beach and the comfort of the breeze under a, an umbrella. I'm not saying that comfort in and of itself is bad. But when we, when the depth, the desperation in our souls, we were born desperate. Babies don't come out saying, oh, it's the world. They're crying. They are not happy. It's, it's hard. And so there's a desperation that comes on every soul when we're born. Because we're born into a fallen world. It's fallen. And we're born into that. And so desperation is a part of who we are from the beginning. And how we deal with that desperation says everything about who we become and what we're able to give back to the Lord. But the problem is that we, get, we have so many things that bring us comfort instead of the one thing that needs to bring us comfort. And that is what? The presence of the Lord. And so... I want to just ask you to consider that and think about that. What did, what, you tell me, what are some things that, that uh, we seek comfort in? What are some things we seek comfort in? Loud so we can hear you. Food. What? Money. Sleep. <laughs> who said that? Sleep. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray for sleep. All right, who else? Family, reputation. reputation, Jesus help us, occupation, a spouse, sex, all right, the comfort of sex, what else, career, yeah, hmm, routine, yes, routine brings comfort, doesn't it? Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, we, yeah. And I don't want to, we don't want to embarrass anybody, you know. Uh, but when we, we really dig down to it, there's some things that, that comfort us that are really uh, dark. Just really dark. And so it, we know as believers we don't want to go there, but we do go there because we need to be comforted. Uh, but I want to read John 16, 13 uh, to you. No, that's not the one I want to read. I want to read um, John 6, 35. I'm sorry. It says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will not hunger. Well, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Isn't that pretty simple? And all those desperate, crazy, blue-haired, green-haired, butt-crack people. <laughs> oh, they didn't have nothing. They didn't have title. They didn't have money. They just were going to the Lord with what they had and who they were. And so I loved what Mark said a little while ago about perception. And that is so powerful and so true, Mark, what you said, that uh, our perception is everything. 
And when we are trying to give a perception to other people that's not who we are, then we're not allowing them to bring us into family. Now think about that for a minute. You can't enter the family if you're trying to be fake. But when you get real, now the door to family is open. Because I know the door of fellowship here is beautiful and tender and kind and full of the fruit of the Spirit. Now when you come in here, you will not be spiritually abused or emotionally abused. This is a safe place. Can somebody say amen to that? It's a safe place. But if we're acting like we're all right, then oh, that's not healthy, right? That's not good for you to carry that stuff around. So I want to challenge you. Um, comfort can be the greatest enemy of your faith. And, uh, and I, I want to I also say this, that uh, you cannot separate faith and risk. Y'all know I wake up every stinking morning scared to death about my role with FCA. I'm the state director. I'm not an administrative type person. I'm administrating 42 staff statewide, and I'm trying to make it work. That scares the liver out of me <laughs> every morning. But you know what? You know what? I'm a courageous man, not because I don't have any fear, but because I'm not going to let fear dictate my life. And there's a big difference. And I get up every morning, and I walk into that, and I say, I'm going to knock the crap out of it today. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not, I'm not going to let fear keep me from being who I was called to be or do what I was called to do. And so I want to challenge you in that, that, that um, there, we want comfort. We seek comfort, but you will never find it. The only way to find comfort is through risking in faith. Think about that for a minute. Johnny got it. So uh, I, I want to I encourage everybody. There's nobody in here uh, beyond the beauty of faith. Nobody in here beyond the beauty of faith. Uh, and, you know, I was talking. Mary and I had uh, lunch yesterday with these crazy, crazy people. They were absolutely some of the craziest people we've ever been around. It was Brent and Mary Cameron. They are. You know what? They were saying stuff like, Brent, have you seen Brent lately? They're not even the same people. And Brent at the table, he said, hey, dude, miracles aren't hard. I love that. I've never heard anybody say that. Miracles aren't hard. And I thought, that's a guy whose heart is open as a son in the kingdom of the Father who's all about increase, who wants to do dynamic and powerful things through you. Amen? Sons and daughters. And you know, that's one reason I love this church. It's because this church understands the apostolic ministry. We understand 
apostles who are fathers. And Jimmy, Jimmy, what was your name? Johnny. 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 Wait, there's a prophetic word there. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy, let's see. Johnny and Debbie represent uh, kingdom apostolic father and mother. And it's not just this. uh, They are father and mother to a lot of people. It's not just here. But you know why a lot of churches uh, split? Because they come together over common doctrine and not common family. Y'all, now y'all just need to write that down. (laughs) Doctrine always divides. Family always loves. That doesn't mean that we don't have some doctrines and don't have a statement of belief. That's fine. But those things are not what we live and die on. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a Catholic church split? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Catholic churches don't split because it's all about family. They call their priest what? Father. They get that. They get that. Now, this thing about Mary is a little weird, but. I just want to, you know, I think I'm at a place, uh, I think I'm in a place in my life where when you, I don't know if you, uh, if you uh, ever, some of you I know read some Facebook posts that I put up. And I talk a lot about love. And it's like some people, some Christians, when you talk too much about love, it makes them really uncomfortable. It's like uh, you, you, uh, well, you know, yeah, God loves us, but there's always God loves us, but. I want to ask you this. What kind of father would go to his children and say, I love you, but. Would, he, would, he, would a good father do that? I love you, but. There's no but in it. There's no but. And I think that what we under, don't understand is that love and obedience are first cousins. And when I am in love with the Lord, Obedience is an overflow, not some kind of performance. And I think a lot of times we get into trying to be obedient when we haven't understood his love. You cannot be obedient in the way that he calls us to be obedient outside of love. It's not going to happen. And so religion comes when we leave the love out. And so I want to encourage you 
uh, in this family called New Horizons with these gr great parents of the faith that, that we always remember that um, the thing that is, that, is, uh, that is rooted in repent, the thing that motivates repentance is kindness. The Father's kindness is what motivates repentance. And so I want to encourage you to remember uh, what Jesus said to love one another. And it doesn't mean that anything goes. That's not what we say. But we know that in a family, if you, let me ask you this. If from the time you were a newborn, you had perfect parents that loved you and called the greatness out of you every moment of your life, how different would you be today? They had called the greatness out of you every moment. There was never anything but pure love and, and uh, seeing your destiny and calling it out. No mistakes, no errors, no nothing. Who would you be today? And I want to challenge you. That's what the Lord wants to bring you to in his redemptive power. He is so able and willing uh, to do that. So I want to I wanna say, I want to go back to what Mark said a little while ago. Does anybody have anything? You want to say? Okay. Uh, Mark was talking about perception. And I want to just talk just a, a few minutes that I have left a little bit about uh, perception. And that what he was trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, he was trying to say that uh, the perception we want is the one that the Lord has. Right? Yeah. We want to see like he sees. And we want to hear like he hears. All right? So answer me this. Why does the church in America believe in teaching, pastoring, evangelizing, but the church in America doesn't believe in apostolic, the apostolic anointing? We don't even recognize that. And the church in America, for the most part, doesn't believe in prophecy, that it's real for today. And when you talk about perception... <laughs> Hearing the voice of the Lord, perceiving the voice of the Lord for one another, for the church, for our community, for America, for the nations, we are called to hear God for the world. And uh, help me, uh, Pete, back there, help me, for, uh, where's the verse that says, uh, does, Johnny, does it say you all may prophesy? Where is that? 1 Corinthians 14, maybe if he could find that, because I want you to see that. Acts 2 as well. Feels. You just draw the prophetic out of me every time I see you. You are, I want to just sh share this with you. Uh, the enemy is trying to take you out because you have a father's heart. And as you are dangerous for the future of the church from his perspective. And I want to challenge you to walk in that father's heart. That's who you are, man. Tender and beautiful. 
and the world's tried to lie to you about that. So you tell the world to go to hell. Amen. Okay. Uh, I wish all of you spoken. What what uh, translation is this? Okay. Well, that's tongues. I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Now, what is that, what is that word up there, the third word in the, in the paragraph? That's everybody that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, that you may prophesy. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, you have a prophetic voice. It doesn't matter who you are. You have a prophetic voice. Now, some of you right now, you're turning off some things because uh, some of it is because of, uh, of insecurity. You don't feel like you're good enough to be able to speak on God's behalf. Or too much stuff has happened in your life and you're not pure enough. Or you didn't learn it that way and you don't understand it. And you've heard us talk about it, but you're just not, you just don't get it. You've never gotten it about the prophetic, about the prophetic. But I want to encourage you, listen, this is not about shame. This is about freedom. Yeah. And when you come into kingdom, <clears throat> when you come into kingdom, you know, one thing I like about the Buckners, I love about the Buckners, when you come into their household, boy, there's a voice, right? <laughs> There's a voice that's the Buckner voice. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of voice. And that's, that's good. I mean that in a, the great way. And, and so, so when you come into the kingdom of God, if, we, if, you, don't, if you haven't found your voice, then you're, you're not fully with us. We need you to find your voice because every one of you needs to be prophesying to the nations and to our country and to the church and to one another. And it's, it's not, I think some of us got caught up, or maybe we heard, uh, and I believe this, I believe there's some here that you got burned by some prophetic word. Or there was a time when you heard it and it, was, it wasn't right. Like this guy came up to me one time, I think I might have shared this in here, and I was in a meeting and he walked up to me and he put his hand on my chest and he said, he looked at me, he looked at me like he was going to kill me and he said, iniquity. I want to say, what the? <laughs> All right. Now, some of y'all saying, well, I hope you listened. <laughs> well, I did. And I have iniquity. Can I just get that out right now? Just like you? Amen. I want to tell you that is rarely a new covenant prophetic process. All right? And I think what we have to remember is we go to the Old Testament and we see what the prophets said and did. I just read Ezekiel, for heaven's sake. That guy went through everything. I can't believe what he went through and the harsh, hard prophetic words he had. But what we have to remember is that was under God's judgment. Now we are not under God's judgment. Can somebody say amen to that? Are we under God's judgment? Why are we not under God's judgment now? 
Because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, we're not under his judgment anymore. If one more person comes up to me and says, America's going to hell in a handbasket, I'm so tired of that Christian saying that kind of stuff. You know, America is not under God's judgment. God has already judged the nations in Jesus Christ. And we are called to go and see them come and get their lives right with him. And if we can do that, if we can do that with a spirit that perceives the voice of the Lord for our day, that's accurate, full of the Father's love, and strong and, and, and full of our faith, then we will take this country back in a moment. Amen? Amen. That's all I got. <laughs>